The NFTs is really just a proof of ownership. What can this thing go next? It's something that I think is going to be around for, for quite a while. We barely scratched the surface. Most people still have no clue what a Bitcoin is. Well, kids hate corporations. Do you see any regulatory or the government getting involved? Like we saw with GameStop, those yep. rules can change on a dime. And it's like, oh, here's the new rules. Don't like it? Go fuck yourself. So I want you to think about one day you wake up and you start working with these things called NFTs. And you design this one thing called NFT. You name it the Everyday Series NFT. And you, you go into auction with it on February, I want to say, what is it, 26th? You go on auction with it. And a few days later on March 11th, this thing goes from $100, which was day one, February 26th. The auction started at $100. On March 11th, with exactly one hour and 18 minutes left, it's at $14.75 million. You're sitting there with your family, your kids, everybody in the living room, and the auction ends at $69 million. Your name is Mike Winkleman, a.k.a. Beeple. That is my guest today. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on Value Team. Thank you so much for having me. <clears throat> Super honored to talk. And, and uh, yeah, it has been a bit of a whirlwind, bit of a whirlwind. <clears throat> but yeah, it's um, still processing. But it's, it's really exciting being able to talk to people about, you know, my work and this new technology, because I really feel like this, well, this might be the first time you've heard of NFTs. I really do not think it will be the last. Well, I want to get into that. that I definitely want to get into that. So all of us can get more educated about but the day you were sitting at the house and you're watching this being done at 69 million who in your family was in the room who said mike you're wasting your time what the hell are you working on who <laughs> said are you flipping kidding me or did everybody kind of know you're nope. up to something big nobody uh so the um in the room there was two camera crews i was on clubhouse with a couple thousand people on clubhouse so it was not super private um but my entire family was on it uh, uh, in the room, and they have been extremely, extremely supportive for, from day one of this project. And day one of this project was May 1st, 2007. So while I just sold this thing for $69 million, this is literally a project. That one single picture was a project that took me 13 years to do. Um, it encapsulates the Everyday's project, which is basically a picture that I do every single day from start to finish that day and sort of post it online. And that's something that I've done. I did last night, I'll do today. And it's something that I've been doing for the last over 13 years. So it's 5,000 days starting yep. May, what was it? You said May, May 1st, 1st 2007. 2007. And then the last, the 5,000th day was January 7th, 2021. And, and who knew that you were doing what, like, did the NFT community know that you're doing this every day that's coming up to 5,000? Like, was it an event that people were behind it and they were looking forward to it? Or was it a very exclusive small event that was following this? No. So that's one thing I think a lot of people, because this is a lot of people's sort of first exposure to me. And it's like, oh, people, sure. you know, this is, who is this guy, blah, blah, blah. I've been doing this and was actually kind of one of the most popular designers in the world before this. Like I had almost 2 million followers on Instagram before I even knew of NFTs. So I was a very, very popular designer before this. And that's kind of why like many, like literally millions of people know about this Everyday's project. It's just in the traditional art world and sort of the mainstream media, you know, I, I was not very well known, obviously. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's definitely like I've worked on the last couple Super Bowls, the like, you know, halftime show graphics. I did a big collaboration with Louis Vuitton. They used mm-hmm. the everydays on the front of the, the clothes and stuff. So, you know, this is a project that has, you know, uh, many, many thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people like know about before this. It's just, you know, the NFT thing is, you know, a new way to actually sell this stuff. And so that's where you sort of saw this, this, you know, big explosion of, of money and, and sort of, you know, interest now. Well, let me ask you this, because you sold Crossroads November 2020, which was just a few months ago for $66,000. Yep. The buyer bought it and resold it on February 26th for $6.6 million. Yep. So when you sold Crossroads on November 20, November 2020 for $66,000, did you in that moment when you sold it for 66 k think that every days could potentially sell for 69 million or did you have no, a number in your mind You're no, like, not I think even it'll close. sell for half a million i think it'll sell for a million there's no way it's selling for 70 million no so what happened okay. is so again i've been sort of a popular designer in the like digital art community for for you know years a decade um and so growing a following there and sort of you know getting better and better sort of like client jobs and so last fall a bunch of people kept hitting me up about this NFT thing. And, and again, I'm very new to this too. Like I only learned of this in like mid-October of last year. So this isn't something I've been, you know, deep into crypto and all this stuff for years. That is not me. I, I was, a, 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 you know, I've been around digital art for a very long time, but I have not been around That's this stuff very long. So people kept hitting me up being like, oh, you got to yeah. look at these NFTs. You got to like look at these NFTs or something here. And so when I did, it was like, oh my God, like you're selling a video clip. Like I didn't even think you could do that much less people are paying like, you know, really good money for this stuff. And again, I looked at sort of the people who were in the space already and it's like, okay, well, to be honest, I'm actually more popular than all these guys. Like I'm probably going to do pretty good here. Um, and so the first sale that I did, um, there was a couple pieces um, and yeah, the Crossroads piece sold for 66,000, which again, uh, you know, I, I was a well-paid designer, not like, you know, no designer is paid that well with, for one clip that they spend, you know, a day or two on that they get 66000 So that seemed like a massive amount of money yep. time that it's like, okay, this is sort of like, if I do a few of these a year and each one takes two days, like, there's my year, like, that's pretty good money, you know? And so <laughs> it seemed like a huge amount of money at the time. And then in December... I did another drop, another sort of collection. And that one sold 3.5 million. And that was just like, (laughs) you know, broke all the like records. Everybody's freaking out. Oh my God, this is crazy. 3.5 million just destroyed all the records in the space at the time. Um, And so even at the beginning of this year, like fast forward to the beginning of this year, it was like, well, so, you know, there was a lot of predictions like, so, you know, an NFT is going to sell for a million dollars this year. Like that was like a big prediction in the space. Like somebody's going to finally break a million dollars for one NFT. And so even at the beginning of the Christie's auction, it was like, I don't know, like I sold one piece for like 700,000. Like, I think this could sell for over a million. Um, so then from there, the expectations just kind of kept ramping up and like, you know, it just got completely crazy here and, and so that kind of that's how we are like you know came to this moment and and this massive massive sale what's great about your story is the fact that you didn't expect this to be taking place that's the best part no. of artists and creatives by the way uh, uh, i saw a stat the other day 
you're the third most expensive living artist alive today. Like, that I mean, that is insane when you think about it, right? $69 million. And are you it, back it, at it? Are you back at it again when you're doing another 5,000? Are you working on another thing like that today? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Everyday's Project, again, this like is something that started well before, um, you know, I knew of NFTs. This was, uh, you know, it was just like, okay, I want to get better at, at art. And so it started as, as a way to, to get better at drawing. And so I did a drawing every day for the first, uh, you know, year. I saw an illustrator out of the UK who did a sketch a day for, for like a year. And it was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I could use that to, to get better. Um, and so that's why I started it, to get better. And that's why I'm still doing it, because I still feel like there's a, a massive, massive amount of, of room for improvement. And that's why I'll do it today. That's why I'll do it tomorrow, next day, blah, blah, blah. So to me, honestly... The Everyday's project is much bigger than this like NFT thing. And it's something that right now I plan on doing for the rest of my life. And so it, it, we're 13 years in here. I'm 39. I, I feel like hopefully, God willing, I've got a, a few more years to keep doing this. So I really feel like we're not even, you know, sort of close to, to being done. I'm, I'm very, very, very far from being done with this. Um, and no, yeah, it, it, sorry. Do you know the buyer that bought it? Like, do you know Meta Coven? Like, have you guys met each other? Have you guys spent time together or no? No, no, we never met each other because again, like, so all this stuff with like, you know, auctions and buyers and collectors and blah, blah, blah. That's not part of, that was not part of being a digital artist. You did freelance work. You sort of, a client came to you, here's the work, give me the money here, to, on to the next thing. Like, that's all there was. There was sure. no like, because without NFTs, there was no way to really prove you owned these things. Wow. And so, like, yeah, I'd never met him. I talked to him on, like, Zoom before just because he had bid actually on some of my earlier stuff. So I was like, okay, well, you know, he, he obviously seems like somebody who's interested in my work. So I reached out to talk to him before the December sale. And then he actually ended up buying a big chunk of that stuff in the December sale. Yeah, apparently he bought 20 images for combined $2.2 Yep. And then, which is, uh, he later fractionalized. Currently, those works have a market cap of 163 million. Yeah. So from 2.2 million to 163 million in a span of three months. So he's not doing bad for himself. And then- No, that was actually a span of like a month and a half because he bought those. And then it took him a little time to fractionalize. And so he didn't even do that until like, uh, I think like January, like end of January. And like him doing that too- like this whole thing is such a rabbit hole. Like, so he bought those in December, bought all of them. And, and he actually bought them in secret. Like he kind of like created a bunch of like, like pseudo names and like throughout the, the, the course of the weekend when all the auctions, cause it was like 20 auctions. And after a few auctions, people were like, I think this is like, I think somebody's buying all these, like the same person's buying them because he named them after like Greek Hills the like all these names and then he put like ethereum into these different wallets and created all these different accounts and like tricked everybody and so by the end it was like oh i bought all of them and it was just everybody was just like what like that's crazy or whatever and now, so is then Meta, you know, is meta coven a a well-known person in the business world or no quiet not, not to me i don't i don't think he's that well known at all um and so um yeah he he kind of we jumped on a zoom call like a week or two after the thing and he's like you know this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna like fractionalize it and like do that and it's like wait what like i was i was honestly against it at first it was definitely like okay i don't i don't really like that dude i don't know about that like that's not really what i intended and i was kind of like really like 
I don't know, dude, this is like super weird. Like, what are you doing? And, and so I was, no, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, it's, you bought it. Like for one, I can't stop you. You seem to be really confident in this. And like, it was sort of one of these things where it's like, I'm not just not going to explain it to any of my fans because it's sort of like, they barely understand what the NFTs are. Now it's this crazy, weird fractionalization thing that's even more down the rabbit hole. It's like, okay, dude, if you could do it and sell it to your other crypto friends, like go for it. But like, I'm not going to try and sell this thing again. I already sold it once. And so he's like, no, no, I'll handle everything. It's all good. And so it's like, okay. And so he like gave me like 2% of the shares and was like, okay, cool. Um, and sort of then fractionalized it and, and you know, and, and it sold out immediately, but it didn't go way up right at first. And then slowly over when the Christie's things announced, then it wow. popped up to like a hundred million. It was like, just crazy. So and, yeah, and he's, he's, pre he's predicting that your, the everyday series is now worth a billion dollars. That's what his prediction is. Well, he's going to certainly try and make it worth a billion dollars. And again, like that seems good for me too, if he can do that. And that's one of the things that I think is super interesting about NFTs is, it does allow you to sort of fractionalize ownership like this really easily um, versus with a painting. You can do that. And there's masterworks and there are some other places where they have kind of fractionalized ownerships of, okay, a Picasso or something like that, but they're very illiquid for one. And they're um, it's just much harder to set up and it's just not as sort of transparent versus with the blockchain. It's all very transparent and you can see he's actually sold none of those shares. Um, and so it just, it's much, much easier to do. So I think this, this idea of fractionalized ownership over, you know, more expensive artwork, that's something you're going to see and, and sort of a, a very new, interesting trend, uh, you know, way to buy art. Now, now, Mike, has your lifestyle tremendously changed after getting the $69 million or not? Really well, it's only been it? four days. I don't, what am I even going to do in four days? I don't <laughs> even know. It's like, uh, we did. We did take up this weekend. We took a private jet down to Miami, um, which I never, I never even flown first class. I never flown out of here, Mike. I never. I'm here. telling you, I thought it was just kind of like okay, it's just like uh, it always seems way too expensive, and like I was, you know, too much of an idiot to just put that in the contracts when people were flying me places. That is kind of like, nah, I don't need it, and it's sort of like. It honestly doesn't seem to appeal to me that much. It's like, well, seats are a little bit bigger, whatever. Um, but I will say the private jet was quite nice. <laughs> yeah, you go, big difference. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. You know, good for, again, there are stories where people want to see people win. Your story is that kind of a story. So now that we know your story, let's get into NFTs. Look, most people still have no clue what a Bitcoin is, what blockchain is. Most people still have no idea. So why don't you explain it in your words when you think about blockchain, then go sure. to cryptocurrency, hypothetically, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it is, explain that, then go to NFT. So give me a series of educating each, then leading into NFTs. Sure. So the blockchain is basically just a series of sort of like, look at it like a big spreadsheet where everybody can like add rows to it and everybody agrees on this spreadsheet. So everybody kind of agrees, okay, this is what's happened. These are all the transactions and this is what's happened. So what that allows you to do is have something like a Bitcoin and you can't just copy and paste it because everybody else will be like, what, da, 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 da. no, 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 you can't do that. That's not part of the rules. So with Bitcoin, again, you can't just, oh, okay, I've got one. 
copy and paste. Now I've got two. Like, that's not how it works. That's why Bitcoin actually has value. And NFTs are, are very similar to that. They exist on the blockchain. It's another thing sort of written to the blockchain. In this case, it's an Ethereum, which is a different blockchain than, than sort of Bitcoin. There's, there's multiple different blockchains, um, basically like multiple different sort of spreadsheets that everybody's kind of agreeing on. And with Ethereum, you can also sort of program in rules for how these sort of like, you know, things on the blockchain work. So you can put little programs on top of the like tokens and stuff. So the NFTs is, is really just a proof of ownership. It's really just proving you own this token on the blockchain. And the, the token itself can kind of point to different things. It's kind of say, okay, well, this token points to a picture. This token points to a video. This token points to a thing. And, and just like uh, with Bitcoin, you can prove you are the only person that owns it. And you can't just copy and paste and, okay, now I've got two of them. So it is a very hard, it, it is a very sort of... Um, you know, different sort of paradigm for what we've been used to with digital. Whereas with, you know, digital and, and the internet and computers, we're used to, you copy a file, you copy another, here's another copy, here's another copy. We can just make a million copies all day. Nobody knows where the first one was. They're all completely identical. Who cares? No, you can't own it. You're just, it's just out there and you make another copy and da 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 da, da. So, it is a bit, you know, sort of hard to, to kind of wrap your head around. And it is a different, like, sort of like paradigm shift. But I think once people do, they'll realize that it's sort of, um, it, it's really similar to owning a bunch of different things. Uh, that, you, that there's different analogies for, for owning something virtual and, and sort of applying value to that, that that already exists. So say like an MP3. Um you know, you can have a million copies of sort of, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, but that's very different from the person who owns the master recording. And so when you have a copy of it, nobody thinks, oh, okay, well, you own Thriller. Like, of course you don't. Like, you don't own the master recording. And so that's what it's kind of like with this. Anybody can download a copy of my picture, but that doesn't mean you own it because you don't own the token that says you own the picture. Well, then that's a follow-up. So here's a follow-up question that comes on that. So sure. if you own the master of Michael Jackson or Beatles or whoever they are, which Elvis Presley, those are pretty valuable, you know, masters to own. If I play that song on a video, YouTube would flag it and bring you back and say, you have to pay these guys X, Y, Z. If I listen to the song, I have to pay 99 cents to iTunes or buck 29. If I buy an album, I have to pay 30 bucks or whatever it may be, right? Yep. If you own, if you own every days yep. and somebody else decides to use it, does the, how, how do you monetize the master of that NFT that you own? It's, it is a little different. It's not exactly like that. It's more just about sort of like owning like a painting. It's, it's more, in, in that case, it's sort of like there's a bunch of co Got copies, it. but it's more like owning a painting where it's sort of like, it's not as quite as easy to sort of directly monetize like that because there is no way to stop people from like sharing this stuff. Um, so that's not a perfect analogy, but it's one analogy that, that kind of shows that a bunch of people can own a copy, but then one person can own sort of the like, this is the person who owns it. Well, a bunch of copies still exist. So let's talk about the painting. So if it's a painting and I come to your house and I say, Mike, wow, what is that painting? You say yep. it's a very, you know, it's whatever you tell me. I'm like, oh my gosh, when it was painted in 1973 before, et cetera, he was going through a divorce and he died nine years later. So essentially this is his last whatever. Okay. 
Unbelievable. What'd you pay for this? 70 million bucks. Unbelievable, man. Enjoy it. But with this one here, I don't really have a place to put it on there, right? Because I can, I can put every days as a digital on a 120 inch screen TV in my house and say, yep. look at what Mike built together. This is beautiful, but I don't own it. How, how is the element of art being appreciated for the work that you did during those 5,000 days? Yep. So I think it, it is, it, that is true. And that's another part of ownership that is very different here because in the past, a big piece of ownership was restricting access. So in that case, you just talked about, you had to go into that guy's house. He had to let you into his house to see this painting. That's not what this is. It's really just about proving ownership. So it, it, that's a, another thing that's a little bit hard for people to wrap their heads around because in the past, it's sort of like, if you want to own something online, the way you showed that is you put it behind a paywall. You said, no, you need to give me money first to see it. That's not what this is. It's really about, kind of the opposite of that actually. The more popular this painting, this picture gets, the more valuable it will be. Sort of a, an example of that is you go into the Louvre and you take a picture of the Mona Lisa and you share that online. Well, you just made another copy of the Mona Lisa available. Do you think that makes the Mona Lisa less valuable because you did that? No, of course not. Like absolutely it's still like, not. Yeah, absolutely no. not. It's the most, it is the most valuable painting because it's the most famous painting. That's the thing. Uh, and that's what, if we can, if I can make this and Matikovin can make this the most famous painting, then it will be the most valuable painting. And so that's, that's kind of like what this is. It's sort of like, it's not about sort of restricting people's access to it. It's just about proving who owns it. So in the case that you said, um, you know, this thing, how is, how are people going to see it? How are they going to experience it? Well, we're going to try and get it in museums all over the world. And here's the advantage that something digital has is it doesn't have to take just one form. That's right. Like when you have a painting, that guy, your buddy's painting, one there's only one painting. Yeah. It's locked away in his house. Nobody's yeah. enjoying it. Nobody's seeing it. And with this, uh, it can take a bunch of different forms and it can take a bunch of different forms over time. So I can make a, a copy of it for medical and be like, here, I'm going to make a big print for you in your house. This is just for you. Here's a copy of it. And then we're going to make a installation in this museum and we're going to, you know, get a bunch of projectors and make a big, huge, massive, massive projection. And that's going to be in this San Francisco museum. Then we're going to have this, this museum in Hong Kong. They've got a bunch of screens. We're going to put a bunch of screens in this thing and we're going to make a, a copy of it there. So this artwork, because it's digital, could actually exist in a, a bunch of different places at the same time and be have people experiencing it and viewing it. And each one could be slightly different, too. So it's something where uh, there are some advantages like that to, to uh, you know, digital artwork, because, again, sure. at the end of the day, it has to come into the physical world somehow. So whether that's on a computer screen whether that's on a phone, you are viewing it in the real world somehow. So I think that's that's a huge advantage of it can take a bunch of different forms, but then the NFT is still sort of the, the kind of piece of it, the kind of, that is the actual sort of artwork. Does that make sense? It yeah. is, again, it's a, it's a bit hard, a different way of looking at it. So then here's the question that follows up that, because it says uh, the last 30 minutes of the auction witnessed a rare phenomenon of last minute bids, which skyrocketed the price of $69 million. Beeple's work also brought a new class of collector to the century's old auction house of 33 active bidders. You had 33 active bidders. 
91% of them were new to Christie's. People who know Christie's, they know Christie's. But if 91% are new to Christie's, they don't know Christie's. They just came to Christie's. And mo- 90, majority were millennials and Gen X buyers made up, of, made up the majority. Christie said in a press release, most bidders were in the Americas, followed by Europe and Asia. So here's my question. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Were most of your buyers or bidders folks who are heavy or made their money in the Bitcoin world that kind of want to be low-key and nobody knows? Meaning, are these art collectors bidding or are they bid exactly? That's exactly- They're crypto people. You're 100% right. I I got it. They're absolutely crypto people. And so that honestly- and what, that was one of the first questions when I came to this space. It's like, who the hell are these people bidding on this? And like, why? And because this is, seems very speculative. And it's like, yeah, it is very speculative, but these are crypto people. And if you made a lot of money in crypto, it's because you bet on crypto early when it was quite speculative. And it was sort of like this Bitcoin, you know, if you made a bunch of money on Bitcoin, it's not because you bought Bitcoin, you know, three months ago. It's because you bought Bitcoin 10 years ago, eight years ago, when yep. everybody was like, what is this stupid crap? This, this is, they're just paying for yep. internet money? Okay, great. You're mm-hmm. idiots. And you were like, nah, I'm going to bet on it. And you speculate. It, it, was, it was not anywhere proven at that time. Very and so now these people started speculating on this NFT stuff. And so that's where, where it is. They are new uh, customers. They are new people. And that's where I think this digital art and NFTs is going to bring in a massive, massive amount of new customers who never thought of themselves as collecting art. They look at art and, and it's like, okay, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't give any shit about like what that is. It looks super weird. It doesn't connect with me at all. I'm a young guy or whatever that, that made money on the internet and sort of that does not speak to me. I don't know what it is. I, I don't really care about that. I'm not, I'm not interested in buying that. Um, and so that's where I think this is going to bring in a whole new group of collectors um, to uh, to collecting art that that you know never would have thought of it before, and and that's huge for Christie's to be quite honest, and it's huge for a lot of this stuff. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there those people. You know, I hate to say it, no offense to them, but like they're dying. Like they're so old that they're dying because yep. it's old money. But there's a lot of new money out there. There's a lot of new money that made money on the internet. That's exactly it. And those people are going to want art too. And that's where I think this digital art is going to speak to them in a a much, much more sort of visceral way uh, than the old art did. Yeah, I mean, look, I think what is happening right now, the question then becomes, can they convert? And sometimes the converting takes a little longer, right? For others to uh, uh, say, you know what, this is the way to go. Listen, I don't care if you like it or not. The internet's here. I don't care if you like it or not. I know you don't want to post your picture, mom, on Facebook, but everyone's doing it. I know you don't want to post your, you know, video <laughs> with did. what we just she did, but everyone's doing Snapchat. So I think that has anybody weird contacted you since the sale, meaning an Elon Musk or any of those, has anybody or the White House, have you been in contact with anybody of extreme power that's like, wait a minute, what the hell just happened? Can you fill us in on what you can say about NFTs? Um, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people before that. I talked to Mark Cuban. I've talked to Gary Vee. Um, you know, I've talked to a, a bunch of people who you know, are kind of like, what is going on here? Obviously, I've been on, you know, a ton of shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's honestly, it's, it's still so early in this that, that people aren't really understanding where this is going or where it could go. Um, and I think it's, it's very 
I think at these prices too, to be quite honest, it's it's almost very easy to dismiss as like crazy, crazy hype. That it's just like, well, what is this? Come on, like there's no way it's worth that much. Um, and I think it it, it is very um you know that there is some level of like kind of like a bubble here that i think it's it's there is you know some level of like eh, and we're getting a bit, bit jacked up here but i i think it's what i think what i would say to that is there was a big bubble with the internet and uh you know there was a lot of people who are super jacked up about the internet and they're paying crazy crazy amounts of money and, and then the bubble burst but the bubble did not kill the internet People kept using the internet because the internet was useful. And that is what I believe will happen with NFTs. I think it's going to be, you're going to see a bunch of people rush in and, okay, NFT of a toothbrush, it's NFT everything. Um, but the technology is, is simple enough in a way and strong enough in a way that I think it's going to outlast that. And all the crap's going to get wiped out. And, you know, the Amazons, the Googles, the blah, 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 they'll still be around. The Beeples, if you will. <laughs> But I, I, you know what I mean? I think it's one of these things where people need to be careful. It is still very speculative, but it, it's, it's something that I think is going to be around for, for quite a while because it has a lot of use cases and we barely, barely scratched the surface. Well, and the I reality, think the blockchain people know that, yeah. but it will take a bit longer, like to your original point, it will take a bit longer for everybody else to kind of come around to it. Yeah. So, so, you know, the younger generation historically have always been the biggest baptizers. They baptize, they eventually baptize the older generation. It takes longer to baptize the older generation than it does to baptize the younger generation, because eventually they're like, listen, mom, whether you understand this stuff or not, your son is worth 17 million bucks. What do you want to do? You know, you want to kind of like understand that this works or, and I said, did you know my son? Did you know that guy's, did you know her son? Did you know Johnny's mom's, you know, did you, so those stories eventually go and people start, kind of uh, um, looking at it saying, maybe this may be the direction to go. So a few different things. He, uh, Jack Dorsey puts out his tweet, right? I don't know what he sold it for, but he sold it for two and a half, okay, two and a half million dollars. He sold his first tweet as an NFT. Yep. You hear other stories like that. Elon Musk is talking about, he's going to make a song. Yeah, he made a song. Yeah, he made, <laughs> he a, made song a song and, and I offered him as 69 million for it. Yeah, I offered him 60 million dollars for his song and he kind of, and then he decided he wasn't going to sell it. <laughs> So, so what do you, what do you think, what do you think this thing can go with NFTs? Like, can, can, can you own a digital dream house in an NFT that's worth 10 million bucks? Can you own a digital home in Mars where it's like, look at this, you know, waterfront property on Mars and you kind of make it as an imaginative place. What, 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 what can this thing go next? I think you could do all those things. It's more like, will everybody want to do those things? It's you could, again, you could attach it to anything. It's sort of like you need to get everybody to actually want to pay that much. If, if you're saying it's $10 million, then you've got to convince people that it's worth $10 million. It's got to be in some game or something that's very, very popular that everybody's like, everybody wants that thing. So obviously Twitter, probably not going anywhere. It's kind of a, a big thing. So the founder of, of Twitter, his first tweet, it's kind of like, well, that kind of seems like it's a piece of internet history. Uh, you could very strongly argue that that's a pretty sort of like big piece of internet history. Honestly, $2.5 million for that does not, I'm not sure it actually sold for that. I think that's the current bid. Uh, I, I believe that will go much higher than that because that is a massive, massive part of internet history. Um, and so I think it's one of these things where 
there's a lot of things that we connect value to that do not have any inherent value. Look at a baseball card. Everybody agrees you have a Mickey Mantle, you know, 18 or whatever. I don't know when the hell it is. Uh, you know, a Mickey Mantle rookie card. That's worth something. Well, why? It's just a piece of cardboard. What, you're going to pay this much for a little piece of cardboard? What are you talking about? It's what it symbolizes. And so just like with Jack Dorsey, the first tweet, it's like, what does that symbolize? When you, when you pay, you know, a million dollars for a baseball card, are you like, well, I really want that cardboard. No, it's what the cardboard means. And so the uh, painting is really no different. It's a piece of stretched cloth with some paint on it. Well, why does that happen? Why would I pay for that? And that doesn't have any like value or meaning. It's the, it's the cultural relevance. It's the historical relevance. It's like there's a bunch of symbolic meaning that we attach to things that, you know, we're going to start attaching to digital goods because, again, those digital goods have just as much cultural relevance, just as much historical value as, as anything that's, you know, a physical thing. So, so for example, the other question would be, you know how LeBron James's dunk uh, sold for whatever, 220, I don't know the number was, 208 or 220? Yep. If a per the person who bought that, that doesn't mean ESPN or the Lakers can never show the highlights of that. Yep. It and just if they do, if that becomes like the most famous dunk ever, where it's like, that's Michael Jordan, freaking boom, or that's one of these just the most iconic dunks, then that thing will be worth a lot. If in, you know, three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, he's done a million sweeter dunks and nobody gives a crap about that dunk, then it will not hold that value. It's how much people will care about this stuff in the future. Do you think people will still care about Twitter in the future? then that first tweet might be worth a lot. But if nobody's going to give a fuck about Twitter in the future, then yeah, it's not worth anything. So it, it is, it, 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 it's about how much, how relevant these things are in the future. That's what's going to give them value. Crazy question for you. Would you buy NFTs or have you bought any NFTs yourself or no? I have not bought any NFTs. There are ones that I would buy. I just, honestly, I've been so like focused on like getting, you know, sort of uh, getting my own stuff going. I haven't really like mastered it. Honestly, I haven't done very much of any investing with the, the money that I've gotten from any of this stuff, just because I've been so, you know, heads down on making the next thing. But there are definitely ones. CryptoPunks, CryptoPunks are actually the first NFTs. Those I believe are going to be worth a huge amount moving forward because they were actually the very first ones. And they're these weird little sort of pictures of these. They're, they're very sort of simple looking. Um, those, I believe, will absolutely hold value and will be like massive, massive in the future. But, and this is a big but, a lot of the NFTs right now will not be worth anything in the future. It is still very, very speculative. It is something that is, um, it is not for like, okay, you know, this is for people who, who, you know, are willing to take a bit more risk because it is definitely, definitely more risky than like, you know, buying a, a share of, of Amazon or Microsoft or whatever. So, so do you, the, the, the risk to this, before we wrap up the downside to this downside to this, do you see any regulatory or the government getting involved to hurt or slow down or challenge what NFTs? Cause the moment you see that kind of money coming in, you can all of a sudden see the, all the, you know, the, you know, people coming and say, hey, you guys got to create some rules. You guys got to create some laws. Is that a possibility that could slow it down or that wouldn't have any effect on it regardless? No, I mean, the uh, government come in and make rules around anything. There's, there's absolutely nothing that will stop that. I, in this case, I don't think they will just because it's actually quite sort of cut and dry in a way. 
it is so simple that it's just sort of like, okay, you're buying the like token and that's kind of it. So I, I don't know that they, I personally don't think they will, or if they did, I don't know what those rules would look like. Um, again, you don't know what the government, they could always come in and screw things up. They've, they'll find a way, they'll find a way to screw things up. So they could, it, personally, I would not be super, I'm not super concerned about that. So final thoughts here. Somebody's watching the saying, Mike, you've inspired me, man. I'm going to go uh, 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 either buy or I'm going to go be a designer. It's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set it up. What would you tell the creative kind of like you, if you could give any feedback to the creative who's like you, if I would have done three of those per year, 66,000, I'm fine with the lifestyle that I have. That would have been great. Not 69 million. What do you, what feedback you got for the creatives and what feedback do you have for those that are saying, I'm not fully comfortable with blockchain. I am sitting on a million dollars. I wouldn't mind investing in a little bit of the blockchain NFTs that's coming out. What do you suggest me doing? Give me feedback to both the creative and the investor. And to the creative, I would say start in every day. And I and there have been literally, you know, sort of tens of thousands of people who have started every day because of like me seeing me do this. And some of those people have hundreds of thousands of followers in their own right. So this is very much like a movement in you know, I've been bugging people to start every day for many, many years, and, and a ton of them have. And it's something that is, you know, sort of a known sort of movement in digital art, doing every day. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend doing that. And again, I, I would not sort of focus on the money piece of it, the money aspect of it, focus on getting better. And, and uh, the money will come, or it might not come. But like, you can't control that piece of it. That piece of it is very hard. What you can control is how much you sit your ass down and you like practice and work your ass off. That you can very much control. And, and it's about just putting in the work every single day. There, there's no shortcut to it. Like there's no fancy, oh, here's, you know, some advice that you never heard that somehow is some shortcut. No, no, no. It's just the work. That's all it is. It's just a buttload of work. Like there's no other, you know, way around it. Um, to the investor, I would say if you want to get into NFTs, I would look at those crypto punks. I would also look at there's this guy named Beeple who makes awesome artwork. <laughs> no, I would say I think it's one of those things where you really need to sort of do your due diligence. Um, look at this stuff, try and understand the space more um, and, and sort of have it on your radar. I think it's going to get uh, more and more, you know an alternate asset class that I think people are, or it's going to get more and more viable. I think we've sort of, you know, kind of gotten used to the idea that, you know, equities have been the predominant asset class for the last hundred years. You, sure. you grow up, you get a little extra money and you choose a corporation and you give that money to corporations. Well, kids hate corporations. They super hate corporations. And so this idea that they're just going to automatically grow up, get a couple extra bucks and, you know, give it to Amazon, give it to Google, give it to blah, blah, blah. I don't know that I see that just automatically continuing forever. And so if, if there's alternate asset classes like NFTs, like Bitcoin, something like that, I could see those being a real sort of, you know, alternative that people would like to sort of like, well, I'd rather buy a Beeple than I would, you know, put it into Berkshire Hathaway. So I, I think it's one of these things that, you know, could be really important growing up because the other part of it is you have much more of a sense of digital ownership of these and you can sort of, you know, do them and trade them and sort of own them with with much less rules and much less oversights. Again, you go back to stocks, you have to trade it in a certain time, a certain way, certain places, you know, it, there's a lot of rules around it. And those rules, like we saw with GameStop, those yep. rules can change on a dime. And it's like, oh, here's the new rules. Don't like it? Go fuck yourself. 
This is the new rules. Kids didn't like that. Nobody liked that. And so if you have something like this that has less rules and it's you have more of a sense of ownership, which again, people are yearning for that online. You go to, you, you know, you give your data to Facebook and Google, you stop owning it. They own it then. You've given it to them. And, and so this is another thing where you have much more of a sense of ownership, which is not something we're used to online. We're used to giving people stuff and then they own it and they do whatever the hell they want with it. That's not what this is. And so this is where I think it could be you know, a, a massive, massive alternate asset class moving forward. People hate, kids hate corporations. Kids they hate corporations. They try to give them money. What a great way of putting it and explaining it. Very eloquent. By the way, Mike, who were you in high school? If I'm in 11th grade with you or 16 years old, who was Mike? Uh, I was just, I was, I don't even know. I was just kind of, it's funny because I actually just went to a high school literally like a couple hours ago to get a, a, a uh vaccine for a shot or whatever and i was kind of thinking about high school i was just literally a couple hours ago and it was kind of like it occurred to me how i was like high school was just like four years where it just kind of happened then it's like whatever i don't it didn't really were you the 4.0 gpa 4.5 no i actually i do remember this i got voted in my class and i think this was partially because people just didn't know me that good and there was just like okay there's a few awards left over let's give it to him whatever the ham i got voted most most lazy <laughs> get out of here dad serious dad serious again i think it was partially you were just like okay there's six awards left or okay give mike the most lazy who gets the crap but yeah i was i will say i was lazy i definitely was lazy i think maybe people saw i was a bit smarter that my grades were not reflecting that i could probably have tried a bit harder i will say that well, kudos to you. What a great story you got. I'm definitely following your story and I'm looking forward to seeing bigger things happen with you. Uh, you seem sincere, just a guy that all of a sudden went from being an artist to selling something for $69 million. Mike, wish you nothing but the very best. Thank, Thank you. you. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You got it, buddy. Take care. Awesome. Thank you. $69 million. Think about it, $69 million because he stuck to it 5,000 days from May 1st, 2007 to January 7, 2021. And it sells at Christie's auction for $69 million. And how he broke down NFTs. Hey, kids hate corporations. They, they're going to be more excited about something else, investing into an art. And what direction this is going to go. Comment below. I want to hear your thoughts. And we had a debate this last week on the podcast. If NFTs are a fad, if you haven't heard that yet, click over to watch that. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.